In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. It's time for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi. Everyone has learned lessons in life during their lifetime. Some good, some bad. But from everyone, there has been something learned. And now it's time to share that knowledge. It's called Paying It Forward. Here, these lessons learned are then paid forward to you. With you, Paying It Forward too. Josephine put her professional career on hold after the birth of her first child and turned her attention to being a full-time mother. Well, three kids later, Josephine started her own company, MyMomKnowsBest.com and Glovies, but was dismayed by a lack of information that people would share to help entrepreneurs be successful. That's where Paying It Forward was born. This is Paying It Forward on Doogienet.com. And now, here's your host, Josephine Jirasi. Well, good morning, everyone. It's Josephine here. I know for a lot of you business owners out there who are my wonderful listeners, I know this is a crazy, busy time of the year, and somebody has to remind me next year how busy the last two weeks of June are, especially when our children are winding down with school. And as a business owner, it is Super, super difficult juggling all the balls because so often um, it's the last-minute rush that the teachers want to bring the parents in for, you know, end-of-year parties or poetry. And I, I just know I have been going back and forth from the school, and it's super, super difficult trying to run the business, be there for your children, and start um, thinking about camp. So there's a lot going on. The, uh, my business tip of the week this week is, holy moly, let's try to plan next year. And for myself, I am going to make sure in May that I have my entire summer scheduled for my children, and I am going to try to schedule an extra time with babysitters in the month of May to prepare for our month of June. So it's always about looking ahead. So (laughs) with that, we are going to have an incredible show. I have a guest on today. Her name is Jo Ilfeld. She is an incredible entrepreneur. I actually met her as um, she's also a member of the Mom Entrepreneur Support Group that Tracy Bisson had started, and Joe was always there with great advice for entrepreneurs, so I'm so glad that we reconnected, and she'll be on our show today. So I'm going to give you a quick background. So Joe graduated from Yale College. She got her Ph.D. in business from UC Berkeley and then put her business know-how into action and built a successful seven-figure online business while raising three young kids. Now she is giving back to entrepreneurs by helping them take back control of their lives so they can build and profit from their businesses without getting burnt out. From personal experience, Joe understands the needs of the modern working professional and brings a unique combination of scientifically proven mythology and intuitive know-how to help her clients achieve success in their work and their whole lives. Okay, so with that, let's bring Joe on air. Good morning, Joe. 
Good morning, Josephine. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing okay. It's been um, a hectic, crazy morning for me, but it's the usual Jurassic household getting the kids out to school and uh, wrapping up the school year, right? I totally know how you feel. (laughs) Joe, I mean, I have been back and forth to the school for the past probably two or three weeks, and I am trying to squeeze work in, and I don't know, but um, it's hard to stay up all night like I used to be able to do when you're really dealing with the children, especially when they're getting out of school much earlier. It's not a full day anymore, so we have to be a little more creative with figuring out our hours, I think. Yes, definitely, and probably what you're going to find, too, is that the later and later you're staying up at night, the less productive you're going to be during the day, so probably best just to go to sleep and be more productive (laughs) during the day. I think you're right, But but Joe, you have such an interesting story. Let's start way back when. Tell us a little bit about your childhood, your upbringing. Did you ever really think you'd be an entrepreneur and an extremely successful entrepreneur? Um, you know, I grew up in Chicago. Woohoo, Chicago! There's a thing <laughs> out there. Um, I'm still a big fan, although I live out in the Bay Area now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a totally whatever is whatever is normal, typical childhood. It was great. I did do a couple of lemonade stands, but okay. there was really nothing in my childhood that sort of like knew that I would be, you know, called an entrepreneur. Um, my mom is a psychologist, though. She's a therapist, and she has her own practice. So I did see sort of up close what it looked like to be building a business, the stress of trying to get new clients, trying to keep your practice full, and, you know, and make sure some money was still coming into the household. So I guess I did have a very early experience in right. seeing an entrepreneur hard at work, mm-hmm. but... Um, but it was really sort of after um, college and graduate school that that world really began to fascinate me. So what made you go into business for yourself, Joe? <clears throat> you know, what made me go into business for myself, and I'm sure this is the same for many of your listeners, mm-hmm. is that I just couldn't find the thing that had everything I needed and wanted in a career out there. So it sort of was up to me to make it for myself. So, Um, Joe, when you left college, you went right into, you started your business right away? No. When I left college, I actually did consulting. So I worked in in a consulting firm helping other companies, mostly with their marketing, mostly with figuring out their what their customers wanted um, in terms of products and services. Okay. Um, so it was actually a company that used sophisticated mathematical models to determine what customers wanted in the marketplace. Wow, that's interesting. Um, yeah, it was fun. I got to use my math degree, but um, I really wanted to dig deeper. And so after my Ph.D., you know, where I'd spent a lot of time digging deeper, basically the options for me sort of were stay in academia and be an, you know, be an academic, work at a university, or find the right thing for me. And I knew at that point that I loved working really closely with people, and I loved, you know, 
really helping people. And while academia can help people, it's not a very close-knit working-together environment. It's a lot of Hmm. solitary time. Okay. And it's also you don't – it's more theory. You don't get to see your ideas in practice helping people. And I really wanted to sort of just jump out there and really be working in the marketplace and be talking with customers. Wow. So then tell us what your next step was. So um, at that point, after I graduated from my Ph.D. program, I had a very young baby and a toddler. And, you know, I was looking for something that didn't keep me away from home, you know, 10 to 12 hours a day, mm-hmm. as many careers did. And um, But I still wanted to be, you know, out there using my degree, using my know-how. And so um, I got really fascinated with strollers. It was just the beginning of the stroller revolution. <laughs> For all those, you know, new moms now, you can't believe that there weren't always 100 choices. But believe me, way back when there was, like, Graco, and then there was the Bugaboo. And, and Peg Perego, right? And the Perego, of course, right? And that the was it. The midline Peg Perego, and that was it. And, and then those amazing, big carriages, Joe. you know, yeah. that were, like, $2,000, and you could just use them for three months. Yeah, which I have to say, I did have one. I loved it, but it was a very difficult, difficult stro- or pram. It was the pram. Yeah. Um, but, Joe, it's amazing to me how many strollers came into existence just from the time that I was looking with my son, who is now 10 years old. Right, so we're exactly, my son is 10 as well, so our kids are exactly the same age. So we saw exactly the same marketplace where there was almost nothing to suddenly now it's like it's like a kid in a candy store. Parents can really, like, decide exactly what they want and pretty much find it in the marketplace. So it's a very different world of strollers. Yeah, it's like my, the way I relate to going out and shopping for a stroller now, Joe, is you have to apply the same skills and techniques you use and research skills and all that good stuff when you're shopping for a car. (laughs) It's true. It's true, although I think that there is a little less room for negotiation the way there is with cars, but um, otherwise, that's pretty accurate. And it's amazing how expensive the strollers can really get, and it's an investment. Well, when the Bugaboo came out, I think at that point it was priced at 700 It was their first model, the Frog. And mm-hmm. everyone thought, no one will ever pay $700 for a stroller. And mm-hmm. I would guess that at this time, at least, you know, 20 to 30% of the marketplace are paying at least 700 for their stroller. My gosh, it's crazy. But, jo- Joe, you know what? I think we need to tell the listeners what the name of your store was. <laughs> So, well, so I'll just jump back a little bit. So okay. a friend and I who were, I had a young baby, I would looked at strollers, I'd done a lot of research, and I knew there was just so little information out there about what was really available. And definitely very few stores who stocked different merchandise and knew their merchandise well. So my friend and I decided we would open an online store, Let's Go Strolling. And it would focus on strollers, diaper bags, and basically baby gear for active parents. And so that was the beginning of my very first entrepreneurial business. 
Well, and I have to tell you, Joe, we're coming up on a quick break. I can't believe the first segment's over already. But um, I think you nailed it, is that you guys really focused in on exactly what you wanted your business model to be, and you knew exactly who your market was. And then it seems to me that that's how your business evolved from that, correct? That is exactly correct. And I know you have to go to list to break, but it's yeah. definitely important for people to know what makes them stand out in the marketplace when they, you know, when they want to take their idea forward. Yeah, I love the idea that you had a partner also because I think I never had a partner and I just think sometimes the concept of having a partner is just so liberating <laughs> because you have somebody to bounce your ideas off of and that's got to be great but we'll talk about that more when we come back from break thanks everyone sounds great we'll be right back with more paying it forward with josephine jirasi right after these on toginet.com Connect with Juliana and connect with what lies beneath. Friday afternoons at 4 or 3 Central on toginet.com. Juliana is certified as a life coach who wants people to connect. Connect with what lies beneath, those truths and answers. And through her counseling practice, she has helped others find their personal power and fulfill their dreams. And she wants to do the same for you here on Connect with Juliana. Through intimate discussions, intriguing subject matters, and the expertise of her guests. For more on Juliana and her show, check out her website, connectwithjuliana.com. Juliana will cover it all. Nothing is off limits. She wants to know what matters to you. Make the connection. Tune in to Toginet to connect with Juliana to find out the facts that could be hidden beneath the surface. Connect with Juliana on Toginet to make a quality connection in your life. Friday afternoons at 4, 3 central on toginet.com. Join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu. Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. Helen Wu was born and raised in San Francisco's Chinatown. And after a very difficult upbringing, fighting depression, abuse, and addictions, she finally finds herself genuinely happy inside and out. Helen believes in taking our positive thinking and doing something positive to achieve a positive outcome. She's here to make a positive difference in your life, to be your game changer, your aha moment mentor. She's ready to help both men and women get into a better place. Helen Wu is also the author of Self-Aid Success Stories, 25 Success Stories from Successful Entrepreneurs. Inspired by Ellen DeGeneres, Helen wants the world to know that just because we find ourselves in a difficult situation doesn't mean we have to stay there. We can aid ourselves to a better life. So join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu. Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on toginet.com. Welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine here, and we have Jill 
um, Joe Ilfed with us today. Sorry about that, Joe, because our producer is Jill. No worries. It happens all the time. (laughs) We were just talking about um, the fact that you have a partner. In, well, you had a partner in your business. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, tell yeah, us a little bit asked, about your partner. I get asked about partnerships a lot. Um, I had a wonderful business partner. She was one of my best friends. She is still one of my best friends. But I have to tell you, unfortunately, that is incredibly unique. Um, During the time that we ran Let's Go Strolling, we knew a number of other friend partnerships, and all of them tanked. And by tanked, they mean they usually go up in flames where the two people are no longer talking to each other. In fact, there was another business that we were very close to who was also best friends running it together, and we were very similar. And so we shared, you know, we shared know-how and knowledge and everything together. And um, one of the business partners needed to move um, out of the country, actually. And it just became a really big issue between them on how to split the business, how to pay off one partner. And... um, for like a couple of years, they didn't talk anymore after being friends since they were like childhood friend, best friends, um, which is really sad. So I always tell people who are doing partnerships, it's great if you want to do it, but just go in with your eyes open and spell out really clearly in the beginning, you know, when everybody's getting along, what the terms of ending the partnership will look like. Like if one person wants to leave, if the business fails, if you need to take on debt, which some businesses do, you know, how do you take it on? Who handles it? How does it get paid back? And, I mean, it's worth getting a lawyer to do it because these are the kind of things that can get expensive to solve after the fact. But, you know, even if you can just write it down yourself and you have something written down about how your partnership will look moving forward and how it will look ending. Because also one person can have a child and want to work less. So how do you balance it if one partner is working more than the other? There's there's a lot of technicalities in, in any relationship, but I feel like a partnership becomes like a marriage, another marriage. Absolutely. I felt like I had my home husband and then I had my work <laughs> wife. Wow. I, I would think so. And Joe, I think it's so, so important, like you said, just Talk it out as best you can. I'll tell you, for example, my brother just um, did an amazing restaurant, you know, way up in the Catskills. And um, they were thinking about going into business with very good friends of theirs. And what should have started off on a really great note, all of a sudden, it turned sour pretty fast when my brother realized that, wait a second, he was doing all of the work, and it it just wasn't good from the start. But they were right. smart enough to work it out to the point that one bought each other out. And this is like the first month. But Yeah. It, you know, when it comes to how hard, how much time and love you're putting in, um, it always feels like you're putting in more than the other person. And I think in relationships, too, in marriages, like, it often feels like, I'm doing all this cleaning up. What is my husband doing? You know, why is he around? So I think that, you know, in any type of partnership, there's going to be these issues around money and these issues around time and effort. And unless you're honest about them and really keep them out in the open, they just, it starts to build up over time. I think you're so right. So, all right, Joe, so tell us, how did the business start? 
how did it become so big? I mean, you sold it for a, a huge number, correct? Yeah, we figures. sold it for six-figure number. Um, In a short we, period uh, of time. It was it was about yeah, four and a half years from start to finish. I think that's short, yeah. I, that's great. I think it was great, too. We're, we feel really fortunate and lucky. Um, so I think that we really tapped into something in the marketplace, and I think it's still a problem, is that there's a huge availability of goods on the marketplace, and there's very few people selling those goods who actually know them. And we all know what we're talking about. You, you call someone from an Internet company and you ask them questions, and you have some operator who's possibly in India, possibly in the U.S., but has likely never seen these products before. Or, you know, and that's for the big guys who have a whole staff of, you know, customer service reps. I mean, you can't even call Amazon. They're pretty much unreachable. Right. (laughs) Um, So you're just sort of reading reviews and guessing. And the other thing is that a lot of, you know, even smaller, like mom and top, mom and pop boutique stores on the internet often drop ship a lot of their products. So they've never even seen them. So you're asking, um, well, will this stroller be able to fit my, you know, really rather large three-year-old? And they have no idea because they've never seen a three-year-old in this stroller. Right. So, you know, one of the things that were, was different about us from the beginning is that we really knew our merchandise. We had every stroller around to play with. So if a customer would call and be like, I can't fold it, I would be on the phone with the customer trying to fold the stroller while they were so I could talk them through it, you know, in a way that would make sense to them. And I think that kind of customer service, we wanted to have the customer service of like a local boutique even though we were online and the real know-how of our products. I think that's amazing. And I think you had, you know, an incredible niche market and you perfected yourself and customer service was everything. And I do think you established an incredible name for yourself and, a lot of your business probably came from word of mouth. Is that correct, Joe? Definitely in the beginning we grew a lot through word of mouth. I think as we sort of profited and had extra funds for marketing, you know, we did do pay-per-click and we did do affiliate marketing and we worked with bloggers and um, and we um, and I had, we had our own blog where we where we reviewed strollers, and a lot of times people would find us through looking, you know, doing research about a certain stroller. They'd find our blog. Um, you know, we wrote really detailed blogs and eventually video blogs, um, and you know, and they'd find us that way. But definitely in the very beginning, when we had no advertising funds, we grew sheerly from word of mouth and people telling their friends, "Oh my God, I called this place. They were so helpful. Just try calling them." And that really helps in the beginning. You know, when you don't have money for advertising, you need to be creative in other ways. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. So, tell us, what do you think your biggest challenge was running the business with the partner? Let's go strolling. Oh, with a partner. What do I think the biggest challenge was? Not so Um, much just with the partner, but just the business in general. You know, I think the business in general is um, I got attached to things. I got attached to products. I got attached mm-hmm. to ideas I had about how to market said products or, or the business. And I didn't always let go of things as easily as I should. Oh, I Jill, think, you know, I, Joe, I tell, 
Yeah, I can't believe you're saying that because I just had this conversation with somebody yesterday, and it's so important but so difficult when these businesses become our baby. Oh, definitely. I mean, I tell everybody, you know, dump the losers. That's my best piece of advice. And it's the hardest thing to do because you don't want to see that it's a loser. And, like, there were products that we loved. I used them with my own kids. I mean, I could write a book on how great this product was, and it would sit on our shelves for, like, a year. And I I wouldn't want to give up on it. And that's just, you know, there's a way of looking at life, which is you don't want to give up on the things that are really important to you. But that different than looking at your business, where your business is there to make money, stay profitable. And if it's not working for your business, just let it go. It doesn't have to be a bad breakup, but just let it go. So, Jill, getting, Joe, getting back to that, um, what you had just said, was, what would you say the products that were selling what was, like, the number one reason why certain products were selling off the shelves and others weren't? That's a great question. You know, while we were, you know, we started the Bugaboo was really one of the only reversible facing strollers. And at through time, one of the other great manufacturers that came in the market, and I actually went to college with them, ironically, didn't know them at college, but a friend oh, connected us, yeah. was um, up a baby. And Up a Baby, now wherever I look, I see Up a Babies. Great reversible stroller, great brand, great company. And what do I think they did right? They were American. They understood the American marketplace, and they made strollers for American moms and dads. And I think Bugaboo at that time, they didn't even have a cup holder. They were like, everyone in Europe carries their coffee. Why do you need a cup holder? It doesn't matter why. Americans wanted a cup holder. And, you know, Americans want a big basket. So Up a Baby had cup holders. They had a big basket. They had a big sunshade because Americans don't want their kids to get too much sun. You know, it's like what they did is they found the product that really answered the needs of who they were making it for. They found out the needs and they really answered the needs. And I think, you know, it's the same way whether it's a service business or a product business. Really find out what the needs of your marketplace are and then answer those needs. Yeah, I mean, that's why we as moms tend to be, I'd like to say good inventors because we're solving the problems that we personally experienced ourselves. And um, I think that that's so important. So um, I think that's it. So you're saying that to know your market and really solve their problems was... Right, and to not be hung up on... Um, I mean, I think the Bugaboo is a beautiful stroller, and I actually think their double the donkey is quite innovative and stuff. But I think for a while they got hung up on, we are a design stroller, and, you know, we have a certain look, and if it doesn't fit this look, then it doesn't matter if it answers people's needs, we won't do it. And I think there has to be some kind of happy medium between having a look and having a style, you know, and, you know same with your brand. You want to have... You know, even if you're a service provider like a coach, you want to have a brand, you want to have, you know, a style of yours, but you don't want it to get in the way of bringing people the information and the products they need. I I think that that is so, so important. I'm curious to know a little more about how important price is to move shelves off the product, or off the, to move the product off the shelf. <laughs> off the shelf. <laughs> 
You know, we're coming up on another break right now, but maybe that's something we can think about during the break. Yep, here we go. So everybody, we'll be right back with Joe Ilfeld. Thanks, everyone. We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi, right after these on toginet.com. Whether you're four and a half or 100, you can retrain your brain. Learning RX, the radio show, is on toginet.com, Thursday mornings at 8 a.m. Central Time with Martin Kruger. Learning RX programs are quick, they're efficient, they're life changing, and they're permanent. Unlike tutoring, cognitive skills training or brain training targets the root issue causing learning struggles. Time and money spent on chronic tutoring is a clear signal of cognitive skill deficiency. That's where Learning RX comes in. Call today, 903 617 6899. 903 617 6899. Then join us for the show here every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. And take advantage of the power it holds to improve your life. There are so many brain training issues that Learning RX can help you with. It's not a product, it's an experience. So join us for Learning RX, the radio show with Martin Kruger. Thursday mornings at 8 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. Have you been laid off? Fired, downsized, right-sized, or re-engineered out of a job? Are you unemployed or anticipate that possibility? Then tune in for Successfully Unemployed, hosted by Alan Sherwood, MBA, president of Sherwood Consulting Service. Successfully Unemployed will provide you a hope-filled and comprehensive approach to the job search process from an author who's experienced it all. Alan and his guests will cover all dimensions of a job search, physical tasks, mental attitude, emotional health, even one spiritual perspective. All must be integrated in order for a person to be successfully unemployed so they can then be successfully employed. This show is designed to help you move forward from job loss to finding or creating more fulfilling work. For more on Alan Sherwood MBA and the show, check out his website, SuccessfullyUnemployed.com. Then join us for Successfully Unemployed with Alan Sherwood MBA. Thursday night at 8, 7 central here on Tugginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on Tugginet.com. Everyone, it's Josephine here. We have Joe Ilfeld with us, and Joe actually started an incredible business. It was a stroller business called Let's Go Strolling. She held on to the company for four and a half years, and she was able to sell it for six figures. So then she decided to become a coach, helping other entrepreneurs become real successful. So before our break, um, Joe, we were talking about once products really get on the shelves, this, and I ask this because, of course, it's related to my Glovey's product, I'm curious to know how important the price really pl- plays on having the product move. Have you seen that a product that, I don't know, let me just throw the question out to you, Joe, and see what you think. You know, I think it really depends on the product. So, for something like Glovies that, you know, it's something that um, it's not a necessity. I mean, some people will find it a necessity, people who are really 
um, care about cleanliness, and for them, they'll pay for it no matter what the price. But then you have this whole part of the market who's like, well, it sounds like a great idea. I want to try it out. How expensive is it to try it out? Mm-hmm. And, you know, sort of the trying it out factor. Um, also, because it's a repeat purchase product, you want to make sure that it's accessible for people to keep buying it. I think for strollers and one-time purchases like that, sometimes people will pay more because they think, okay, it's the one time I'm going to need to buy this stroller. So they'll be willing to pay, you know, maybe like, you know, $100 or $150 more than they ever would have thought they would. Um, So sort of part of it depends on in their mind, are they thinking this is a one-time splurge and then they'll be done with it, or is it something they're going to have to keep buying? Okay. Okay, I think that's great. So, all right, let's talk a little bit more about your business. So, Joe, what do you consider to be, like, your biggest accomplishment with Let's Go Strolling? Um, Wow. Um, I think, you know, I mean, I think one of my biggest accomplishments with Let's Go Strolling is that my business partner and I ran a successful business, sold the business, you know, for six figures during the height of the recession. Everyone told us no one would buy it, and we had four competing offers, um, you know, buying for the business, which was great. But, you know, that also that my partnership came out of it intact and that we're still good friends. And I felt like that was just a real testament to how both how invested we were in the business but also in each other and, you know, meeting each other's needs and being there to support each other when the going got tough for one of us. I had a baby while we were doing the business. So, you know, you better believe I wasn't the most helpful person for at least a few months out of the business. Just sleep-deprived. I'm sure very helpful, just a little sleep-deprived probably. Yeah, well, I actually took a maternity leave. You know, we talked about it, and I decided it was very important that, you know, I was home for a full month with my daughter. I mean, after that, she came to work a lot. Um, But, you know, it was important for me that I take time off with her and be with her. You know, she was a third kid, and I didn't want her to get the brunt of it, you know, the whole her whole life. I wanted her to have at least the beginnings of, Aww. you know, feeling like an only child. Oh, wow. So, all right. So now, <clears throat> so that was your business. How did you feel after you sold the business, Joe? Like, I know I had seen several emails from you, you know, through the Mom Entrepreneur Support Group, and I could see you were elated that you were able to sell the business, but how did you really feel? No, you know, honestly, I did Mm -hmm. feel elated. It was a time in my life when Uh I just... I wanted to focus more at home than I was able to with the business. Um, You know, I felt like my kids just were at that moment needing me a lot. Um, And, you know, and with selling the business, I had been working even harder. So I was sort of coming off a period of, you know, really working hard to close the book, sell the business, change over the inventory, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So it was great to have that time at home. And also, I just, I really knew that, you know, what was calling me was working with people more one-on-one and helping other entrepreneurs build their business. And I was really excited to sort of go into that next stage of my, my professional life. So I had a lot of people ask me, you know, are you sad? Do you miss it? And it sounds horrible to say, no, I'm not, but, um, but I will say that, um, you know, Let's Go Strolling, you can go online, you can Google it, they're still out there, they actually moved the store to Tampa, Florida, and mm-hmm. 
That wow. makes me happy knowing that it is still thriving and that the business I built didn't just crumble immediately, but that, you know, the new owners have really taken full ownership of it. They've rebranded it. it does, the site doesn't look at all the same, but that's great. That means now it's their baby and they're taking great care of it. And so it's nice that something you built is still out there. But now, how did you sell the business, Joe? Did you use a broker? We did use a broker. Mm-hmm. Um, we looked into selling it on our own, and the reality was that um, there's so much to do to get a business ready for sale that doing all of that work in addition to running the business, because you don't want the business to start to decline in sales or no one's oh, interested. No. You look like you're it's trying to dump a loser. Yeah, it's the, it's the most important time of the business probably to try to get your sales up, I would think. Exactly. So just, you know, and, you know, I do have, you know, my business partner had two young kids. I had three young kids. And we just decided at that point it was worth it to give a percentage of the sales to a broker and, you know, be able to have a successful sale rather than, you know, you know, really screwing it up, you know, trying to do everything ourselves. And I think that's important for any business to know Mm -hmm. what your limitations are and to be willing to pay sometimes a little bit to take stuff off your plate and have it done better um, rather than stressing you out and having you do a worse job at it. I think you're so right. Tell us about employees, Joe. How did you handle employees? Because I personally think that's probably one of the hardest parts of running a successful business. Yeah, I mean, I will say that we spent a lot of time, I spent a lot of time managing employees, whether some of them were contractors who were online who I'd never met, but I feel really close to. Some of them were employees in our store who I'm still close to. Um, And I think, you know, I felt like I always hired on gut feel. And sometimes it worked out and sometimes it didn't. Okay. Um, that being said, I think there are things that business owners can do to sort of help their gut feel along. When we had employees apply to either be, you know, for our accountant position or to store manager position, we asked them <clears throat> some questions that they had to answer in their application. And that's great because it really cuts down on the number of people who are just applying to every single job in the universe, and yours is one of them. Like, we actually made people do some work up front. Yeah, that sounds good. Can you give us some examples? Like, if somebody were interested in hiring an accountant, what would be one of the questions you would have asked them? Hmm, For an accountant? No, so we did ask, you know, you know, know, we asked, what was your experience with retail? Okay. We ask people, go to our site. What's your favorite product and why? Good. I mean, Good. you know, it doesn't really matter, but we wanted people to, we wanted to know, A, they've at least been to our site and they've seen what we do, and then they can say something intelligent about what we do. I mean, if people could look at the products and, you know, really knew nothing and didn't care, like, that wasn't going to work. And we ended up having an accountant who lived in our area, had also two small kids, and, you know, she totally got the business, got the products, and was amazing. So, and probably part of the reason that we could sell the business. I mean, that's one thing I will say. Accounting is worth paying for if you want to ever sell your business. Our books were in fabulous shape. And because of that, we were able to back up every claim that we made about our business's profits and where the money went. That's wonderful. That's important for buyers. Now, did you have employees, like, did you have somebody filing your paperwork or did that accountant come in? How, what was the structure of the business? Um, 
For the finances or for everything? I mean, a really? lot of our we're yeah. an online business, so right. a lot of our um, a lot of accounting software was built into our shopping cart. Okay. So there were certain downloads and certain checks and balances we did with our bank's accounts. And actually, our store manager, um, our accountant trained her, and she would do a lot of those checks and balances and then hand the stuff over to the accountant to get put in. Um, You know, we had employees at the store. They kept the store clean. Um, One of the, actually one of our employees at the store had been my nanny with my first two kids. And then she'd left to have her own kid. And I'd hired her back for the store. And she was amazing. And she did everything to keep the store looking good. So I think that's great. So you started as an online business and then you went to a regular store. Is that it, Joe? That's correct. We At some point, we opened a retail showroom in Oakland. What was the turning point that made you decide to do that? Well, you know, it was at the time when online businesses were still newer, selling a lot of these things. And so a lot of companies would make the mistake of putting my home address, which is where we got strollers delivered at the time, oh, God. Yeah. up on their website. And so I'd start to get calls from my husband. I'd be, like, in a mom's group, and my husband would be like, this guy came over, and he wants to know how to fold this stroller. Can you help me? Oh, my God. <laughs> he just, like, showed up at our house. Like, is this supposed to go strolling? Oh, and my God. So it's a combination of people showing up at my house randomly and uh-huh. the fact that our whole living room was covered in stroller boxes. It was basically like a stroller warehouse. Oh, my man. husband is very supportive. Uh-huh. And and at some point we were like, this just isn't happening anymore. And we needed a space because we were a partnership. Both of us were working alone in our houses, so we were talking a lot, but there was that disjointed quality. And we needed a space to work together. We needed warehousing space. We needed people to not come by my house anymore. So, um, so we made the switch. We had a small, very small space at first, and then as we grew, we grew into a bigger space. Oh, wow. So did you see the business get much better once you guys got together in one location? Definitely. The business just kept on climbing, and um, and it was great for brainstorming and having fun. It was a lot less lonely. Oh, yeah. I think that's great. I am so glad that it all worked out. Well, we're going to come up on another quick break. When we come back, I want to give Joe the opportunity to tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you in case they want to perhaps ask you a question, possibly hire you as a coach to help them with their business. And then what we are going to do is we're going to go into our wonderful five business tips that Joe is going to share with us. So I so appreciate you, Joe, waking up so early and coming on Paying It Forward. So It's been great. Yeah, looking forward to our five business tips. So we'll be back shortly, everyone. We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi right after these on toginet.com. 
parents, if you feel overloaded, overworked, underappreciated, and seriously stressed out, The Parent's Plate is here to help you. The Parent's Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet. It's time to build stronger families through parent empowerment. And that's what The Parent's Plate does. The Parent's Plate understands the busyness of life and balancing child rearing and other commitments. Brenda Nixon will be talking to noted experts and authors on all issues, from teething to teen driving. Brenda Nixon is a nationally recognized speaker to parents and child care professionals and author of the award-winning The Birth to Five book. From Fox 4 in Kansas City to schools and synagogues to businesses to bookstores, conferences to churches, audiences rave that Brenda engages, educates, and encourages. For more information on Brenda and her books, check out her website, brendanixon.com. The Parents' Plate is loaded with information and affirmation. The Parents' Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Fertility is an extremely personal subject. Tune in Monday nights at 9, 8 central for the Fertility Forum with infertility psychotherapist and expert Phyllis Martin on toginet.com. This is the show about infertility, gaining support, and information. Phyllis will assist you in navigating the disappointments and decisions that often accompany the difficult journey from diagnosis to conception, pregnancy to parenthood. She is passionate about her work and is an expert in the donor egg field bringing both her personal and professional experience to all she does. Ms. Martin has extensive experience in helping patients cope with infertility, pregnancy loss, adoption, surrogacy, miscarriage, pregnancy termination, and creative family building. She knows what you're going through, and she's here to help. It's the Fertility Forum with your host, Phyllis Martin, Monday nights at 9, 8 Central, on toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on toginet.com. All right, so Joe, before we get started with that last segment and our five business tips, I'd like to give you the opportunity. Tell us how any of the listeners can get in touch with you so that, you know, if they have any questions or if they'd like to hire you as a coach, they might be able to get in touch with you. Sure. I'll just take a moment and tell your listeners um, what I did after Let's Go Strolling was to um, help start a business where I'm helping other entrepreneurs learn how to rock their business and still have a life. What I find for many entrepreneurs is that they start their business with a real dream and a vision. They love what they're doing, but they want to do it for themselves, or they have an idea for a product that they're really excited about, and they also want some balance in their life. They don't want someone else determining their schedule all the time. And what often happens is that they find that they are an entrepreneur and suddenly they're working harder than they've ever worked before. They're making less money and they they no longer have free time. They're constantly telling their kids, hold on, mommy or daddy needs to check their phone first or let me just check my email and then we'll do that. I don't know Mm -hmm. if any listeners out there can relate. I'm laughing here because it's so true, (laughs) Joe. My kids but, shake when they see me go to my computer. They're like, no, not the computer. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Yes, kids are so cute into that kind of thing. But I think that there really is a way to run the business of your dreams and still have a life. And that's what I really work with my clients on doing. 
And, you know, a lot of my clients have seen amazing results. You know, their businesses are making more money. They find that they're better able to balance the demands of being an entrepreneur and having a life. They find that they get more visibility in their marketplace. They might also find that they're thinking up new product lines or um, different offerings because they now have some creative brainstorming time, whereas before they were always in go-go crisis mode. So do you actually help the business owner more or less come up with like a day-to-day schedule, Joe, in order to become as efficient as they possibly can? You know, for different people, I do different things. Some people do need that help really coming up with a schedule. For other people, it's really about determining what your priorities are, what's going to give you the biggest, you know, bang for your buck or, you know, the biggest, the best use of your time. And then, and then finding the right ways to work that in in your week. Some people love schedules and being very deterministic, and other people want the freedom of being able to determine on a moment's notice. But even in that case, it's important to have the bigger picture in your mind so that you're not getting distracted by the popping up of the emails constantly or the Facebook or the Twitter. You know how it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, So definitely, so what I wanted to offer, if any of your listeners are listening in and are interested in learning more, I'm happy to offer them a complimentary Time to Thrive business breakthrough session. And in this session, we'll work together so that you can come away with more clarity for designing a future aligned with your true values and priorities. We'll look at the places where you're currently compromising feeling depleted, or not thriving, and will define some tangible next action steps for you to achieve success on your terms in your business. Wow, that sounds great. Any interested listeners who want can just go to my website, sign up form, www.successreboot.com, and successreboot is one word. And there's a sign-up form, and if you sign up on the website, there will be instructions on how to get that first complimentary session, as well as uh, my complimentary ebook on how to be happier right now, and um, and an audio on controlling the chaos in your life and your work. I also wanted Josephine for your listeners only to offer Mm -hmm. one one listener, so um, people can. Uh, uh, sorry, to offer one listener a special four-session private coaching series on Take Back Control of Your Life, Time Management for Stressed Out, Overwhelmed Entrepreneurs. And what I'll do is I'll choose one winner randomly from the listeners that apply for the business breakthrough session. So if you are applying because you heard me on the show, make sure to apply and put in your um, in your email that you heard me on the Paying It Forward radio show. And Perfect. Wow. Joe, thank you for being so generous with my listeners, and I am sure we're going to get a lot of people emailing you and signing up to be part of your program. And once again, the, to get to Joe's website is www.successreboot.com. Okay, that's perfect. So, Joe, thanks so much for that. That is really super generous. Sure, I'm excited to meet some of your listeners one-on-one and and talk more with them. 
Okay, so we're going to wrap up our show with Joe's five very best business tips. The first business tip Joe had sent in was take time off regularly. Schedule it and stick to it. This means no checking email and smartphones. Vacations without Wi-Fi are a special gift to yourself. So tell us about that, Joe. <clears throat> I think that in, you know, today's busy, 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 always on the go society, um, there's so much going on in our heads or on our phones every single moment. And, you know, for most of us to have creative, really, really innovative thoughts, we need to unplug. And, you know, whether it means going for a daily run, whether it means, you know, taking a quarterly break to a hotel for one night without your partner and kids. You know, we all need those renewal times sort of both for ourselves to just and for our business. And, you know, and maybe you do a personal renewal time and a business renewal time where you're strategizing. But I really think that we can't always be in go mode. And so it's important to to give that other part of us time as well. I think you're so right, Joe. And I have to tell you, I think every year for our anniversary, my husband and I try to sneak away just for one night to go to a spa. And it's great, it's, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. You know what? We're always tormented <laughs> leaving the kids behind. And once we get in the car, it's a two-and-a-half-hour ride mm-hmm. from the house. We start to unwind just a little. But I have to tell you, Joe, it's almost like we have our own planning session during that one day away that we're thinking about what needs to be done at the house, we really literally have almost like a business plan for running our household. <laughs> and by the next year, it's amazing how we've really accomplished it. And I really don't think that would happen on a day-to-day basis with the kids in the background and everything. So it's kind of nice. But I really do like that. Um and it's important to get away. So that's a great, great tip. So we're going to move right along because we're running out of time here, and I don't want to do that. But somebody just actually emailed me, Joe, to say that you have also a great newsletter. So everybody's oh. got to sign up for your newsletter too, correct? Thank you, whoever emailed that in. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I'm actually working really hard right now on the next newsletter, so it should be coming out this week. Okay, perfect. And we can get that once again on um, www.successreboot.com, correct? Right, that's correct. Okay, perfect. Let's move on. Business tip number two, set concrete business goals and hold yourself accountable, either with a friend, business partner, or coach. I think that's brilliant because having something in your head is one thing, putting it on paper is another, but having somebody accountable with you to guide you or to just give you that extra push I think is so important. And there's tons of goal-setting research that really shows that, you know, when you're writing down your goals, you're automatically more accountable for them, adding an extra layer of accountability even more so. If these things are important to you, make them happen and do the steps that you need to to make it happen. Oh, great. So um, I feel bad. I'm interrupting our business tips because I have important emails coming through. Another email came through, and it said, where do we sign up for the free session? It would be right on the website. There's an opt-in box, and if you sign up on the opt-in box, it will give you instructions. Okay, perfect. I hope that answered it for the listener. Okay. 
Tip number three, set weekly or monthly times to brainstorm creatively about your business, whether it is journaling in a cafe without internet, preferably, (laughs) writing in your journal at night, going on a one-day, no-family-invited retreat. Oh, yeah, I know this sounds a lot like the first tip, but I I wanted to separate them out, and I'm sorry that I sort of combined them. You know, one is it's important to just take time off for yourself where you're just doing nothing. You're just being you. You're watching a movie. You're laughing with friends, or you're reading a book. And then the other is to take time to brainstorm and think about your business from the, you know, 3,000-foot view as opposed to the 10-foot view, which is where we always work at. Oh, my God, I need to get this done, this done, this done, and then I need to stop by five because I need to pick up my, you know, dress at the cleaners for the wedding this weekend. You know? Yeah, Um, Yeah, it's true. So I think, you know, I think it's important to have the time completely away from your business and then the time when you're away from the day-to-day of your business and you can think creatively about it. Perfect. Okay, we're going to go right to... Tip number four, identify your core strengths and make sure you are using them daily in your business. Using your strengths leads to less burnout and depression as well as more happiness and productivity at your job. Yeah, I'm a big believer that uh, our culture focuses on what we're weak at, we should get better at, but there's tons of research showing that we should actually just be using what we're strong at and using it more and using it in different circumstances. Um, a great free way to check out what your strengths are is www.authentichappiness.com. I'm in no way related to them. It's a University okay. of Pennsylvania site. And, um, and they have a free survey called the VIA, which helps you identify your strengths. Perfect. And it's, Love it's it. been really helpful. Okay, 30 seconds left. Our fifth tip, be smart about it, but hire good help. And set aside time to manage them well. In the end, it will be a very worthwhile investment. Love that. So important to hire good help. We talked about that. But once again, Joe Ilfeld, I'd like to thank you for being a part of Paying It Forward. If you'd like to get in touch with Jill, it's www.successreboot.com. Jill, thank you. Joe, thank you so much for being a part of Paying It Forward. Thank you so much, Josephine. This is such a blast. Thank you so much. And to my listeners, have a great productive channel next week. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for being a part of Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on Togginet.com. This show is dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful. Each week we'll be discussing accomplishments, lessons 